Folks, welcome into Bullet Points yet again. I'm your host, Ty B. We got Kevin Masari and Mike Bunt joining us here tonight. And UB with a big win over North Texas in men's basketball, coming back with a big surge at the end of the game to get the 69-66 victory. And we have the men's or men's football, it's just football, uh, tomorrow night against uh, Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois has a chance to clinch the Mac West in that one, so that'll be something to look out for. But let's get it started here. Two games into the basketball season, Kev. Where where's your head at? How are you feeling about this team? <sighs> Man, I mean, they've played seven minutes of good basketball against Michigan, um, roughly. Um, they played about eight minutes of good basketball yesterday, give or take. Well, we'll average it up and say about 20 out of, you know, 80 minutes of good basketball so far this season. We'll just say that. That's easy to say. So one half of good basketball out of four halves. Um, it is what it is. You, you know, North Texas is a good opponent in terms of what they've been able to build in the Conference USA. Um, you know, they've built something good. Is their team kind of on the downfall like UB was a couple of years ago? I would probably say that that's accurate. So um, I think right now, based on rankings, computer statistics, North Texas is right about the average run of the mill max school, right? With Akron, anybody else, we'll see how that accurate, you know, how that works out. Still always good to take a road win. However, their computer rankings didn't move with a victory. So that tells you that, you know, although by betting standards, they were the underdogs by a point or two, um, it, it, you know, statistical models don't agree. So, um, you know, they got out of it. They have some primetime players and Bala played super well yesterday. Um, you know, Sugu and stretches played well. Jonathan was cold all game and they were still over to able to overcome it. Um, so that's good to see. And, you know, they got a little bit out of Skogman off the bench. And then lastly, Maceo Jack has a rebound game, literally left three points on the board by having a toe on the line three times. That's got to be a UB record. Three times they lost a three point shot. I mean, stepping back and that's, I mean, those are big three points in a game like this. So does have a huge turnover at the end. Not really sure. And then the whole, and then the entire team doesn't defend except basically following the three point shooters, all the calls that they went against UB yesterday, they got out of that one, which they shouldn't have gotten a call there, but they were getting the call game. Could have had a three point shot there. Then the guy was wide open and they were draining threes. UB got lucky to get out of that the way that that ended with three timeouts, Mike. But um, you know, you take it, you take it and run early season W that's what you needed. You need to keep it roaring. Um, into a pretty important campus game in the Cancun Invitational. And then, you know, probably a matchup against a couple of good teams in Stephen F. Austin and then hopefully St. Louis. So there's a couple of good out-of-conference games here. Yeah, it's always better to talk about a close win than a close loss. I think if they had lost that game yesterday, we would be not in panic mode, but we would definitely have even more concerns than what uh, we have at the moment. I think what we're seeing early in the season is a little bit of rust, but also uh, a little bit of maybe we overhyped a few things about the roster, me specifically in my pre uh, preseason preview. The few things I was talking about with Coach uh, a week ago was that the depth was supposed to be better on this team. They were supposed to have better shooting overall, and the ball movement was supposed to be better. And I think in those three areas, we're really not seeing a noticeable uh, improvement at this point. Uh, there's still a lot of time for that to change. So uh, all the people that were killing me on Twitter last night realize like it can get better, but they're going to have to work on that. Uh, right now, there is no backup point guard to Rondo Segu, and that's concerning if he's going to end up playing 35 minutes a night. Uh, you need someone to to get him uh, some breathers once in a while. It seems like 
Jonathan has to carry the offense or they're in trouble. And yesterday, North Texas tried to shut him down. And uh, for 32 minutes, the Bulls offense really couldn't get anything generated. Uh, I like that Maceo Jack apparently uh, has a good shot, has to have a little bit more awareness around the line, like Kevin said. And Bala, he's just going to dominate uh, most mid-majors he, he goes up against. And like I said, Rondo Segu, good player, great finisher last yesterday. But um, a lot of a lot of turnovers. It was pretty sloppy with the ball. Had five turnovers, uh, only four assists. You don't like to see that. Um, but overall, like I've said, this is a North Texas team that had a lot of success last year, but they lost about 50, 60% of their scoring. This was not the same team that went to the NCAA tournament and won a game. Uh, so you want to be encouraged that the Bulls have shown fight in both their first two games. But if they play like this in MAC play, or if they even play like this against Western Kentucky, possibly St. Louis, St. Bonaventure, or even some of the other teams in their non-conference schedule, they're not going to be a 23-24 win team. They'll be a 19-20 win team. So uh, they got some stuff to clean up on, but uh, definitely glad that it's a win and they can they can learn from it while watching tape the next few days and practicing. Yeah, and I know one thing Kev brought up yesterday in our, our group chat after the game was was an interesting stretch uh, at the end of the first half, into the second half there. Once the Bulls reached 28 points, there was about 540 left uh, in the first half. It took them 17 minutes and 13 seconds to score their next 20 points. Um, it, it was just absolutely abysmal. And then after that, that's when they got hot at the very end of the game. And that's what ultimately, you know, was the run that won them the game. But they just could not get things done. And a big problem was it was was the turnovers for a, a while there, Mike, that you brought up. And Segu did really hurt them, but he came through in the stretch when you needed a guy to step up, which was really, really big. Um, he did have their last five points, and I think it was like nine of their last 13, something like that. So um, good to see him step up in crunch time, Kev. But like you said, they're going to need to get more behind him at the point guard position. He had some energy at the end of the game, you know, in game number two in the season. But are you going to have that, you know, in February, in the beginning of March, at the end of uh, MAC play when you need it most? I think you're going to have to find someone else to eat up some minutes there at point guard. Curtis Jones only got three minutes yesterday, so they got to figure something out. Yeah, I mean, like, and they got to figure something out in a hurry because – not only against in the Mac against pretty physical and daunting opponents that, you know, we tend to overlook, you know, they have a future here. Right. So you have to consider like Sagu could have a COVID year. I don't know who's going to utilize that, whether it's Williams and Bala or Sagu. Um, it's almost like they're preparing for them to use it. Like they think that some of these guys will be back. Like that's kind of how I've approached recruiting. Like I kind of yeah. see, I, I kind of think they think that now will it happen. I don't know. We'll see. But to the to, to this year, like they need guard play. They have two of them, like Maceo Jack being one. What's behind that? Like, and and Maceo Jack, by all you know, intents and purposes, could even they were calling him a wing yesterday. And I actually thought the UNT announcers were pretty good. I generally dog the announcers of the MAC teams, um, but they were pretty good. They were pretty complimentary of UB and the style of play and like basically saying UB is not going to shoot this poorly every night, like this and that, like the Jonathan Williams isn't going to go for, you know, basically had six points deep into the game. Um, so I did like that. I did like hearing another perspective on that, but they need guard play straight up because not only in the next four months, is that important? 
what's going to happen in April when you're looking at the roster and you literally have Hardnet and Skogman? That's it. Like that. That's that's it. Me too. That's I mean, it. They got crushed on the three point ball. Um, crushed. Absolutely. Uh, McBride and Perry, I think they were seven of thirteen. They're two guards. Uh, Perry coming off the bench. They're just lighting it up, um, especially in at the end of that first half there on that run where they took the lead. The three point defense has been horrible. It, it, it the same thing against Michigan too, and um, I know you sort of against Michigan. Like I'll I'll let you cheat a little bit, you know, covering Dickinson and whatnot. But yep, the opportunities they're giving a lot of times were them like running off for no reason. So I don't know. We'll see how that changes, but you're going to need someone else to step up because you've always had, you know, your your ball dominant point guard who can play defense, but you've always had a, a dominant, you know, number two guard who can also lock down on defense over the past five, six, seven years or so here at UB, and that's really helped. Even even if it wasn't a big scoring guard, it was someone who could lock down. Javon could still do that at times last year. So I don't know if the answer is and guys. Where's Ty Perry? Where's Ty Perry? Do we? Yeah, know? we need to figure out what's going on with that situation. Is That's he eligible? I mean, we don't. We we haven't heard anything. So he was, was dressing on the court yesterday. Yeah. I, I, if he's I, not playing because he's just not fitting the breaking the rotation, then that's an issue. Um, I mean, we've had this problem with a lot of Whitesell's transfers, though. How many guys have come Gabe to Grant. highly touted that have just not made the impact that? You thought they were Nickelberry, Gabe Grant, and Nickelberry from Memphis, Gabe Grant from Houston. Even Laquil, even LaQuil Harden it. To an extent, yeah. Much higher expectations. You had Antoine Johnson, much higher expectations. Outside of Josh Mbala, so far, Whitesell's tenure has been full of bringing in guys with a lot of potential who, for whatever reason, haven't met that potential. Now, is that a coaching thing or is that players that might have been overhyped before they came to UB? It could be, it could be either or, but. The one other issue you have with Segu playing 35, 36 minutes a game is you just worry about him getting worn down. Uh, how, how are you going to play that type of defense where you're up in someone's face when, when honestly, you have tired legs and you really you know, have – You know what the answer is, Mike? They don't play defense sometimes. They don't kick yeah, out on threes. And I think that's a concern for this team because I, I think we'd all say that when UB's playing their best basketball that they're – going to be shut down defense and try to get some, some transition. At least that's what they were doing in Nate Oates years. And they've tried to do it with some success the last two years, but uh, defensively, they've not been the same unit the last couple of years. And, uh, and that, that's a big reason They're, they don't get easy baskets anymore. And there's, they don't make anything really easy on themselves. You can tell that they have some of the best athletes in the com- conference that can do some extraordinary Easy. things, but there's no consistency to this team. So one moment you might watch them and you're going to say, oh, my God, they can they can easily win this conference, and maybe they can even win a game in the NCAA tournament. And the next second they'll play a school like Army, and you're like, oh, my how are we losing to well, them? Well, they lose Army every year now. And yeah, some, and, alar- and I think some that's alarming why, things, Mike. I, I think that's what – Fans need to uh, need to realize when when we make our predictions in the beginning of the year, we're going to be a little bit on the optimistic side. We haven't seen them since March. We're going to hope for the best a little bit. But when you see a game like yesterday, while happy that they won, you see some of the the signs that well, maybe it isn't all there yet. Maybe they maybe they need some time, but uh, they'll need to figure it out because, like you said earlier, Kev, the MAC is not going to be a cakewalk, and this league has some some better teams than 
what we thought going in. It's much more than just UB and Ohio. It's UB, Ohio, Akron, Kent, Miami, Toledo. Miami. Miami's the big one. Third best team yeah. in the MAC. We we called them the fourth on our pregame show, Mike. Yeah, maybe the third. top twenty-five. I, I I don't know how much credence we give it, but UB eleven, Ohio fifteen, Toledo seventeen, Miami Ohio twenty-seven. That's four teams ranked within sixteen spots of each other. That tells me it's going to be a dogfight. Oh, absolutely, and that's I mean, that's what the MAC has been for so long. But it's nice to see that they're more kind of top-level mid-major uh, talents this yeah. year. At least, you know, from what's happened early on in the season, some wins over some bigger conference teams, which is always going to get you uh, some good, you know, power points, no matter what, even if they're bad teams in power five, it's still a nice win. But the problem for me still, it's just going to root back to the this bench issue. It's you have Laquil Hardnick, Keyshawn Bruton and Curtis Jones come off the bench combined for 30 minutes, zero points, four mm. rebounds and seven fouls. Yeah, that's not very good. The only points they got off the bench were from Skogman, who actually played more minutes than Brock Bertram anyways. So, I mean, I, I would probably pencil Skogman in as the starter going forward. He at least should be, um, unless they think they're, like, trying to make him into, like, Nick Perkins off the bench or something and find a spark with a big man like that. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I think, you know, at this point, Weitzel is probably trying to figure out anything to get a spark offensively because we've seen they – Still do not know how to play a real ha uh, half-court style, setting up an offense and trying to roll through things. That's not the way they're going to be able to play it, and I don't think you're going to be able to install that at any point and have them pick that up throughout the season. So you have to figure out some bench minutes to be able to turn up your defensive intensity and increase your efficiency defensively to create those early, easier looks in transition. That's your only shot, I think, of improving where you are now. Right now, you're going to be in an absolute slobber knocker in the Mac. Like if you finish top four, you'd be very happy with, you know, the way that they've played the first two games, they should, you know, if they pick up that intensity, they should be a team that finishes a top two, top three, no matter what, but we have to see that. How do they win this conference without better half court play? It, it's not happening unless they figure it out transitionally and start hitting shots. Well, and also, at this point, I hate saying it because you, you want to see the best for him. He's been at UB forever now. But having Brock Bertram start is just a liability for the team. He, he just seems out of place. I him He has the height. He tries. He puts a lot of effort. Great character guy. But he's too slow. And with a team full of athletes, he just sticks out. I, I think that's one area UB needs to get better at. They need a more athletic big. They, they can't afford to have players that are going to slow them down. And I feel like when Brock is in the game, they just they just don't execute at the level they need to. Yeah, you know? and I mean, some alarming things here, guys. Like, I know it's two games. One was against one of the best teams in the nation, and one was against, you know, a defensive UNT. But – 205th right now in points per game in the country, 260th in rebounds per game at 35. Don't know why the rebound numbers were so low yesterday, but they were 281st in the country in assists at 11 and 280th in the country at 77 points allowed. I mean, I, I, it's bad. Like this, the, the raw data is bad. Now, should that even out when you play a rider? You better hope so. Now we were joking about it against the D3 Madai, but they had an eight minute stretch to start that game. That was awful. 
Like it was absolutely mm-hmm. awful. They ended up crushing them. No issues, but I'm more looking at it in stretches. I'm not getting anything out of the final eight minutes against Madai. I am getting something out when the starters are in and it's not moving. That's I'm watching that game in stretches, just like you're watching a lot of games and they struggled. You're going to get those eight minute stretches against Ohio. You're going to get that eight minute stretch against Kent state. You're going to get that eight minute stretch against St. Louis in a couple of days. You know, that's going to come. Can they overcome it shooting 10 for 10 down the stretch like they did yesterday? You cannot bank on that. You cannot bank on Jonathan Williams and Mbala hitting threes and Maceo Jack uh, having a good stretch and not missing um, toe on the line or not. Like they have, they're not going to be able to 10 out of 10 their way out of games against Kent State, period. Um, So uh, they bailed, were bailed out yesterday, but that was not a good basketball game. I think by all, by all accounts, I think all of us, we're almost to a point after an 11 point being down 11 with like six or seven left. We had that written off. Like we were like, this is getting bad. Um, but I just can't get over. The team doesn't have a bench. Like we, we saw their roster. We knew when would be good. We knew Jonathan Williams would be good. We knew Ronaldo Segu would be good. We thought we'd get some out of Jack and we have for the most part, one awful game and he re- rebounded and then a little bit out of Skogman, but like, Guys, there is no bench here. They're graduating seven people. They filled with one spot. If they can't win this year with this is the year you sold to upper upper to the upper leadership of of UB, it ain't getting better next year. This is the second best class in UB history behind the Perkins and CJ class and um, and Harris. You're gonna lose the second best class, the, the seven of them, mainly the top three or four. You're gonna lose them and then think that you're gonna win next year. We have no proof that they can recruit at, at, at the JUCO level. That's been awful for them. We have no proof that they can recruit at the freshman level. Savion Galleon, Chance Robinson, that's been awful for them. We have no uh, – that they can get transfers in. Beside Mbala, it's been awful for them. We went over that. Mike, there's reasons to worry if they cannot increase – why they need to get it done this year isn't because Kevin wants them to win a, uh, a tournament game. Great. But Kevin wants them to recruit. Kevin wants to be able to say – this is what the senior class was able to do, just like they did under CJ. It's been class number two that's been able to accomplish this. You guys can come and be the next class to make it to the NCAA tournament, go to Cancun, have all this fun, go to Ellicottville, do all these fun things, and still win basketball games and not choke in the MAC tournament against Miami of Ohio and then not show up against Ohio. So this is, this, is, this is my rant to say I need recruits. And how do you do it? You're seeing it on the football side, which we'll get to in a moment, but you need to win basketball games. And – you need to win important basketball games. And guess what happens? It's easier to recruit. Kevin and Ty can go out to, to Texas and start recruiting to UB. Um, when you don't win basketball games, it's really hard. So that's that's what I'm trying to say here, Mike, is you're leaving this with, if you don't come out with a really good result that you can really recruit to, you're leaving behind Skogman, Ty Perry, who's not even playing, Hardnet, and Control Blocker, and Khalil Medin, and Kowal Medin. Yeah, it, it'll there'll definitely be growing pains after this year, uh, one way or another. And that's and not you, even you a hit, star in there. The There's not even a star in there. Yeah, yeah. You, you hit the nail on it, Kev. And quietly, me and Kev have actually been talking about this for two to three for about two years right now um, about how it's so important for them to uh, capitalize with this class with Sagu Mbala and Jonathan Williams. And right now. Uh, if they don't capitalize now, it's hard to see them capitalizing for at least a couple years afterwards. And uh, that's why this year is so important. And I think uh, the, the thing that's scary about it is 
you you look at those youngsters. I think we, we all believe they're going to be solid players. Mading uh, Madding looks like a good good guy. Blocker has a lot of raw ability, and even uh, Williamson, uh, who we haven't seen this year due to some injuries, looks like he's going to uh, be solid as well. But it's going to be asking a lot for them to come in as sophomores and and carry this team next year. So they have to capitalize now, and I think that's why you're seeing. Coach Weitzel goes so heavy on his seniors. And what they really needed was guys like Bruden to step up. They need Jack to step up. And they, they need the, these transfers that they got from other places to play at a high level. But unfortunately, it just hasn't uh, worked out that way. Keyshawn Bruden has been a massive uh, disappointment for this program. We thought we were – UB thought they were going to get uh, – an ace three-point shooter, and it just hasn't been the case. And that really increases the pressure on the big three. I think if they would have had more complimentary guys around them the past couple years, this is a squad that really has the talent to go to that NCAA tournament and even upset a team. But they just don't have uh, the right pieces. Now, this year they they might. I mean, it it is early. Uh, We're going to see a lot of victories one way or another. There's a lot of uh, gimme games on the schedule. So uh, don't think I'm saying this is a team that won't win 20 plus games. I fully expect that. But you, you look at a lot of rosters, they might recruit a three point shooter, a guy that isn't a great athlete or not a great defender, but a guy that you know you put on the court, he's going to hit a three, 40% of the time. Uh, a lot of other teams, they'll recruit uh, a lockdown defender, not a score, but a guy that you put him on the defensive side of the court, like a Dante Carruthers. He's, Wasn't that supposed to be Ty Perry? Yeah, that, that's what Ty Perry is supposed to be, but we'll see. And th- that's what kind of this UB team is missing. They got three of the best athletes in the conference, but they're not surrounded by by anything, and they just don't have that that team mentality where they, they just flow. There's no rhythm uh, to their game, and you would think that with coaching and uh, – in the recruiting that you'd be able to eventually develop that. It's just, I feel like we've been saying the same thing for the last three years and hopefully that changes. And I I think it will, but early signs are a little discouraging. You would have expected at least a little bit uh, better uh, basketball the first two games, despite the one and one record. Didn't you know you'd be recruited the next John Morant and Devin Caesar, the only recruit they have right now. Didn't you know that? I've seen literally UB fans say that they got the next John Morant. Here's the thing. I don't think Weitzel's doing a poor really? job recruiting. Oh. If, I mean, if you look at just the stars and the, the schools that they're getting these transfers from, these are decent Then where's uh, the issue? players. So the, what it comes down to this, you're either uh, overvaluing people based on what recruiting outlets are saying, which uh, aren't always correct, or you're doing a bad job coaching up these players once they get to your school. What is it? I mean, either way is a kind of a concerning uh, thing because I'm I'm not going to start a whole white soul debate or anything like that. He's the coach. He's going to be the coach for a while. He's going to get whatever amount of time. They're never going to fire him. This is Reggie, (laughs) uh, Reggie 2.0 right now, but he has had a track record of being a D one coach for almost a decade and he's never made a tournament. And he's only had a few 21 seasons. Well, he's he set the stage for Porter Moser. <laughs> okay. Uh, they were his recruits. Okay. But uh, <laughs> at some point, you wonder, I mean, 
there's a reason why some coaches after 10 years don't go to the NCAA tournament. UB fans wanted to give Reggie an uh, excuse after excuse after excuse. Well, you know what? Reggie just wasn't a good enough coach. And you're seeing it now at Canisius again. Maybe Weitzel doesn't have it. I, I don't want to see that. It's early. I, I have faith in this team. It's getting but, early late, though. Yeah. My, Here's uh, the thing. You got Ryder. You got Stephen F. Austin. You, you win the next two, three games. We're going to be all talking about how this team is going to win 25 games. But we'll see. Yeah, I think it is a big we'll see. Exactly. I think that's the, the biggest thing right now, Mike. Um, because, I don't know, what, Kev, is uh, Coastal Carolina, are they in the, what, Colonial? Yeah. There's some. They're in the Sun Belt, yeah. Sun Belt now? I don't know. Either way, 14 and a half points in the Sun Belt, and this this guy can't even put up double digits. Can't even sniff double digits for UB right now. I don't know. I don't know. But in JUCO, he was he was literally the top 10 JUCO player. He was a bucket. So he was putting up almost 20 points a game in JUCO. He's a walking bucket. Like, what happened? Like that's two evidences, and he was good in his whole career. He's been good until he got here. So, yeah, yeah it's not like he, he transferred after his, uh, just a freshman year at JUCO or something, and it was like a one-year phenom. No, one of the top JUCO Aiden, players in the country, Aiden JUCO, it had a productive year at Coastal. Coach B wanted him. Doesn't yeah. that bring up? Doesn't that point to then that it's probably a coaching issue? Because you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't put your unless he quit, right unless spots. he he had a weird situation in CCU, like where he like walked off in February and it was weird, like they but, let him. But uh, uh, is is it uh, one of the assistants was his JUCO coach? Yeah, they signed the JUCO coach that got him and Malik Zachary. Uh, another, uh, I, I think, and you just hit the wall. Think about the names you're talking about right now: Malik Zachary, Chance Robinson. Uh, Savian Gallon. These are guys that they recruited that were supposed to contribute, and just off the court incidents, uh, players not performing to the level expected. That is, you could honestly point to if this team falls short because of depth, you could point to how many failed experiments have they had in the last two to three years. That's the reason they don't have depth. Now, coach believes he does have depth this year. Maybe they were protecting the freshmen from North Texas and uh, in Michigan because it's early in the season. Maybe he's waiting to get them some experience in some of these home games uh, coming up against Point Park, St. John Fisher, get, build up the confidence. But you, you got to play them eventually. You can't baby them. If, if they're what you believe they could be, you, you got to just get them out there eventually. I don't care if it's for five minutes a game. Ohio has a six foot eight big man, uh, freshman. A.J. Clayton, who's already getting six, seven minutes a game for the Bobcats. They don't seem to be afraid. They played Belmont and Cleveland State, two of the two teams that are considered good mid-majors. There's so, there's zero excuses in this, right? Maybe in the yeah. St. Louis game, I'll give them a little bit of, of, of pass. But outside of that, you got Ryder, SFA, PP, um, you know, St. John Fisher. Like, I'll give you fine. I'll give you a little pass in the St. Louis game if that game happens, which it should. Outside of that. I want no excuses in this stretch. Why? At least Madden. At least Madden, because Blocker didn't come in till the very final stretches of the Damon game, which that tells me Whitesell doesn't think Blocker is going to be getting much minutes at all this year, regardless of what happens. But I do think there's 
a scenario for Madden to get time. And Curtis Jones, though, too. Yeah, Curtis Jones played early in the Damon game. He he should be getting some minutes on the court. He's, Madden should be getting at least some defensive minutes. He might not contribute mm-hmm. much offensively, but he's six foot nine. He has a wingspan that's like could touch my ceiling. Did Brock end up getting a rebound yesterday? It's not like he's giving you anything. What is he giving you? Yeah. Fouls? Yeah. Put me in. I'll follow him. Like, if that's like, going to be the case. Why can't you put in a forceman to get a few fouls? I mean, right. That's my, what are you losing? It's not like my argument is you're taking out on, on Madding's case. Um, you're taking out Brock Bertram. Like, like Sagu doesn't have a backup. He needs a few minutes off. Like to me, it's, you're not, what are you losing? Like, what are you losing? Not playing Bruton at this day. Bruton doesn't have it. Whether that's you coaching, whether it's quit. You need them ready for conference play. So wouldn't the best test be to put them in a tough situation to see how they handle uh, adverse situations? Why don't you want your freshmen to get minutes? Like you said, this isn't Reggie. This isn't the 90s. Like, you've got freshmen getting drafted into the NBA. Now we're in a different situation. Give them minutes. CJ comes in. Perk comes in out of Oates' classes and play off the bat. Like, they were two-star recruits. They're getting minutes, so they were ready. Perkins didn't have a, didn't have an off. CJ, no one wanted CJ. He's playing day one under Oates. You're telling me this roster's deep enough that you don't think that you can play blocker? Either there's an issue there. Or you don't have faith at this point. You don't. Some coaches go. So you got to look at it. Weitzel is, what is he, 61, 62 years old? A lot of these coaches that play younger players, they tend to be younger coaches as well. I mean, it's. it's CJ was going to get redshirted. So you can't, we can't yeah. sit here and say he was some massive recruit. Like, like, Either you're not recruiting good, back to your original point, either you're not recruiting good and there's an issue on the recruiting side and the players just aren't good, or or you're just not putting trust in players when you need to do it. And even like, look at what Oaks did with Jonathan and Rondo. They stopped playing time as freshmen. Now, were they impact players as freshmen? No, but uh, they, they got minutes, and that's part of what has helped them develop into what they are now because when they were sophomores, it wasn't new to them. They had experience. I think it, it, it all comes down to feel. Uh, different coaches are going to have a different feel for the game. And right now, there's a lot of reasons to think that maybe Weitzel I, – I trust he has a great basketball mind. I trust he has an eye for talent. What I question is his in-game management and how he, how he runs his team in important situations. They were horrible the last two years in the final five minutes of close games. Their execution – is not good at times. They don't run a half court well. They, they almost threw the game away at the end. Yeah, defensively, they're out of position. You can't, you can't tell me how well coached yeah. they are, Mike, by that throwaway. Yeah, that's by a, by that, that's one thing. It's, it's almost like this is that's the, not the Devin Caesar in there. Yeah. That's not Devin Caesar in there. That's yeah. his fifth year player. So the the it's kind of like we're, I'm, we're contradicting each other, uh, not each other. UB fans are contradicting themselves when we talk about Jim Whitesell because we said he was hired over Brian Hodgson because he was the experienced coach. He knows the X's and O's. He's going to keep the team together. Well, from what I've seen, in-game X's and O's, the team's been out of sync. They don't do things properly. Uh, there's a lot of issues. And it's funny because the whole time we were told Whitesell couldn't get the good recruits to come to UB. Well, he's gotten the, the good recruits by the recruiting services, but they haven't panned out, which was what you would have thought they would have panned out. So something is kind of weird here because I feel like the diehard UB fans that are critical when people are have criticism on the team would tell you, well, this is why Whitesell's great, but all the reasons why Whitesell was supposed to be great 
haven't really come to fruition. So, like I said, don't want to kill them. Still have a lot of hope for this team. And we're just being critical because there's been reasons to be critical. There's a lot because of Because we want them to be a top 50 team, Mike. We're not critical yeah. because yeah. we're accepting of a 200-ranked program. Well, that come, that, that's what it comes down to. If you had them as a top 50 to 60 team, like I believe all three of us probably had them. I don't I don't know if you had them there or not, Ty. Then, then you need to be critical because top 50 teams – are held to a high elite standard. If you look at them as, oh, they're like 90 or 100, well, okay, then then I feel – Then they're then playing that ball. They're playing 100 yeah. ball right now. If you're 90 or 100, you're not going to win the MAC because I'm telling you, watching the Ohio Bobcats, they look like a top 75 team uh, this year. So they're going to need to play as a top 80 team to win this conference, top 70 team to win this conference. You just there, – there's too much talent in the MAC to just be like, oh, you're, you're 110, you're 115. This isn't like – 2009 Reggie Ball. Nate Oates would never have been content being uh, 105, 110. Uh, and I'm not saying that Whitesell is either. But the fans' expectations, they need to be elevated. It, it's time to stop Do we know that he's not, though? The, the Like in the closing statements last year was, well, it's hard to win 20 games, was literally verbatim his comment. They it won is? 32 with Nate Oates. They won 32 with Nate Oates. It's hard to win 30 games. You have some of the best athletes in the MAC. It's hard to win 20 games? You know, I'm just going to look at this just for fun, just to see uh, Nate Oates' record when he was at Buffalo. 20 and 15 with basically nobody returning in this first year. 17 and 15, okay, I give him a pass. That was a rebuild year. 27 and 9, 32 and 4. Come on. Elite teams win 25 games plus. 25 is the new 20. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even like they're playing that hard of a non-conference schedule. The only tough games you really had were Michigan already, and Bonnie's. Yeah, Bonnie's and potentially St. Louis and St. West Louis, Kentucky potentially. St. Louis was down by like a dozen the last time I checked uh, in the first half to Memphis, so they're kind of getting blown a little bit there. So we'll see how that goes. But I think help is coming, guys. Don't worry. Dom Johnson is going to be done with football soon. <laughs> be ready to take the court. 15 career games played. He's ready. The depth, the depth's here. It's it's arriving. It's on its way. It's just going to be on the football field tomorrow night, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, transition? yeah, it was good. I mean, sees, if he sees the court before uh, Matting or Locker, I think Kevin Ty Perry. Yeah. If, if Dom Johnson sees the court before any of those three players, uh, we might well, never Fagan saw the court before some of them. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Hardnet might change some stuff up. Like he has the potential guys, but you know, if you look at this, you know, turning to the football side, it's been a rocky year actually just lost ETN. Um, You know, that was challenging. Just lost the quarterback recruit that many thought could be the starter. Um, It wasn't a great two weeks in UB football. I'm not just talking about losing to some bad teams. Um, You know, Miami has a pretty good football team, I guess. Um, I had them actually losing to them preseason. Um, I think I was the only one that that thought that they were a 500 team out of this group. Um, and I'm wrong even. Like, it's not a 500 group team. Um, they couldn't get out of their own way against Bowling Green. They can't play defense. It's the one of the worst defenses in college football. Like, have they have an 11-sack game? Yes, against Akron, one of the worst teams. The One of the other worst teams in college football. They did. Um, did they, I mean, they're offsides away. I mean, Ohio would be right in it. Um, you know, they jumped offside and gave UB like four kicks at, you know, 20 yards and they finally made one, but, um, 
not a good year to start it off. There's questions not only with this year. It'd be like if the basketball team starts to lose like seven in a row. And we're like, what do you even do? Because there's no future. Like we just went over all the reasons why we're going to struggle next year as of today. Same thing on the football team. Guys, they don't have a quarterback. They're going to lose some players to the transfer portal. Um, does McDuffie say he is a Buffalo guy? So maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he sees Jarrett Patterson and is like, hell, I need to get power five. Like I like like Osborne. Like I need to go power five to have a shot. At That's what I was going to say. Think about all those guys who are here. Who is the one that actually made it and has stuck with the team the entire time? Yes, Tyrese, you know, had to change his position and whatever. He's back in the NFL. But KJ Osborne is the only one who went to a team, got drafted and stuck there. And he's playing productive minutes. He's had, you know, 100 yard games, yeah. 20 catches this season at least. Um, it just it, it blows my mind over and over again that we have all this talent and they can't seem to get better throughout the season. I know, you know, obviously you're playing through injuries a lot in football and that's why you have to have depth. And they've a lot of these guys, especially look on the defensive line, they had injuries on the defensive line. A lot of those guys were forced to play last year due to injuries and they've all pretty much stepped up on the defensive line. Well, you have pretty much your whole secondary returned and you even, you know, go out and add a couple of transfers who are supposed to add some more experience to the secondary. And I mean, they get their top blown off more than the girls do at the uh, nude beaches in France. Like it's, it's unbelievable. And like, they can't even make tackles. They just let up 101 points to my defensive Miami and last ranked Bowling Green, 101. This isn't like they lost 21-20 and a couple flukers. Like this is they were able wonder, to play. Has the team quit? Yeah. I mean that's that, a fair that question. Happens. We don't want to you we don't want to accuse them of that, but that does happen in college sports, especially with a team that doesn't think they're going anywhere. And I think it's so but coming off that Akron game, tough. like they were they yeah. had a shot at stuff. Like the bowling green game just hit them hard. In the Miami game, I think they they realized we have nothing to play for anymore. Uh, it's a shame because I do think this team was more talented than what we're seeing record-wise this year. And I don't think what we're seeing the last couple of weeks is what this squad should have been. I, I still believe going into this season what, with what they returned, they should have been at least a seven-win team. Well, they weren't expecting Marks to be a 3.8 yards per carry yeah. guy. Like, I'll tell you that right now. Like People, that's not... people ask, why did you say 8-4 and four when you had a new head coach, new system, and you lost all these players? And I said before the season, well, their defense is supposed to be good. I mean, the last three years, UB scoring defense was among the top teams in the MAC, and they returned their entire linebacking core. They returned Taylor Riggins. They had Max Michelle. They had a couple uh, people in the secondary. All play for some reason yeah so i mean defensively i was told all preseason look out for this defense they're going to be the strength of the team i assumed kyle van Trees was going to continue to be a game manager and that they would run the ball effectively it, it all was set up for at least a six seven win team i think what and even the first couple of weeks of the season it was all working i mean yeah you lost to nebraska uh and you, you had a close one against old dominion but you were two and two through non-conference play that's all we expected going in Close game against uh, Western Michigan. You had a, a game against Kent where you played crap for two quarters and still had the lead late in the third. I just – I don't – and it's weird too because their scoring actually points per game is near the top of the MAC. It's one of those things where I just think 
their secondary was just so bad that they, they couldn't just they couldn't stop anything. I don't think the defensive line is horrible. I don't think the linebackers are horrible. I don't think either are necessarily great, but the secondary is horrendous. And then running wise, they were effective, but they weren't as effective. McDuffie would get about five and a half, six yards per carry, but Jarrett Patterson in the past, he wasn't just getting six yards a carry. He was breaking 40, 50 yard touchdowns and they didn't have any explosiveness. And when every touchdown drive had to be nine, 10 plays, four minutes, four and a half minutes, they just had no ability to really come back in games or uh, just put teams away and, and they killed them. But think about that stretch there in those games in the first quarters there. You find yourself behind so many times and you're supposed to be a running team. That puts so much pressure on you, you can't. And then eventually you're playing catch-up and then you are more efficient running the ball because they're pretty much giving it to you. And that's how you got most of their yards running the ball, to be honest, if you really break things down and look at it. Um yeah, you're right about there not being a lot of explosive plays, and they just weren't very efficient. They couldn't do anything outside of running the ball. So then when a team could stop running the ball, yeah, good luck. Like, find Keon Williams. If Keon Williams – if you don't look Keon Williams' way, if he's not the first read, he wasn't getting the ball. Um, there was just a problem with getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers outside of the running backs who you hand it to. Like, try some end-arounds, try some quick passes. You never really see them run any slants or – you know, anything like that. It's just, it's weird to me. I don't understand what their offense is or what it's supposed to be. And I hope it's not indicative of what their offense is supposed to be, you know, building into the future. I said, you know, I would kind of give them a pass, but the way things have gone and in the way they're beginning to regress, I'd be a bit worried going, you know, going forward because it's not like, like Kevin said, it's not like you just have like, a bunch of three, four star recruits here ready to replenish things. That's not how things work in the Mac. Like you get two and you get maybe a couple three star recruits and you got to coach guys up. And are they going to be able to do that? It remains to be seen. We haven't seen it. Mo's never been a head coach, um, especially, you know, at the division one level. So it's kind of just, it's a wait and see. There's nothing, you know, Nothing we could do. I can't recruit. Doesn't anymore. it feel like coaching? Not to be hard on a second straight coach, but doesn't it feel like coaching really hurt them this year? And granted, you give Mo a, a pass year one based on the situation, but I I never felt this year that they were prepared for the games that they went into. Got off to slow starts continuously. It just seemed like they were. I, I don't want to say outmatched because these are guys that showed that they can play at a decent level in the Mid American Conference last year. It's almost like they went 6-1 and one last year. They were dominant running the ball, had a decent defense. That Coach Mo thought he could just come in, keep running the ball, just pound it, pound it, pound it. And when that didn't work, he, he just got a little bit stubborn with it. He, he refused to open things up or really change uh, the offense. And I think the lack of adjustments was really honestly kind of concerning because even though you we love Kyle Vantrese, he's a good guy, he's part of the one of the most um, – one of the best runs in UB history over the last four years, it was, it was clear early in the year he wasn't getting it done. And maybe part of the reason Coach Mo didn't put Myers in was because Myers honestly hasn't looked any better. But at least with Myers in the game, 
you had a threat of a little bit of an option in spreading teams out, which could actually open some more what, holes for the for Mike the what, game. or Ty, Mike or Ty. Yeah. What's the problem with not playing Bazinski or or Casey Case? They're done what do you have the last week with garbage time, and you got what are you losing? What are you losing playing him against Ball State next week? I don't get Ball State next week. What do you lose? All you're you're doing is number one, you're proving to any young quarterback that potentially wants to come into your program. We don't believe in young quarterbacks. Like we're not just going to put you out there in an opportunity just to see because we have Kyle Van Trees. Yeah, because we're going to reward whoever's been here the longest. Like you don't want that out there. And that's exactly kind of what they're showing right now. And that's why I think we're seeing these things where guys are starting to look into the portal. We're seeing guys decommit. And that's what's wrong with Bazinski. Like, he's already used his razor. Were they afraid of losing the locker room if they went with the youngsters? Because they're coming off a six and one top 25 season? Because I've heard heard it's the exact opposite. You only see two things. Uh, I mean, they want, they want the young quarterback. Yeah. And to me, there's only two reasons why you don't play the young quarterback. It's if one, you don't think they're good enough or two, uh, you think sticking with the experience is the safe move. And I, I do think it's concerning right now that they they have quite a few three-star freshmen and sophomores on this team that really aren't seeing the field. And in this day and age, when they don't see – when you're a school like UB and you're struggling and you're not winning games and these youngsters still don't see the field, that's when they transfer because they're like, well, we what are suck. you worried we about? I still I can't don't know here. Why am I going to stay here? And I already had one person reach out to me and say that they're, they're transferring from the university. So um, I do think it's concerning because I think what the, my whole mindset this year was, okay, they're going to be good. That fell apart. Okay, we're going to stink this year, but we got some good recruits coming in. It might not be a good season next year, but you build things back up and you, in your vision, and uh, and then you can get the program going again. When you start to see some of these top-level guys decommit like ETN and uh, Mikai Lin, and then you potentially might lose more guys to the transfer portal, that's not a one-year, two-year fix. You're talking about it might take two to three years to re build the farm in uh, when you're a program like UB that has gone through so much bad history outside of the Lance Leipold years. It is not a good situation when you think maybe next few years losing football, when you're coming off a four or five year stretch of a minimum of six wins, I'm telling you, they, they better hit on their recruits this offseason and, and build things up because otherwise we could be going back to those uh, Jeff Quinn, Jim Hoffer, Hoffer days. And I do have faith that they'll be able to recruit at a decent level because they'll need to. They definitely will need to. And they do have some younger coaches. So you, you know, you hope that resonates and they're able to continue to sell what they are trying to build. I just need to see a Bazinski. There's, I still don't have a good reason. What's your, what's your, is he even the three? Is he even the three? I don't care. We're hearing a lot about Casey. I mean, does, they do does have, Casey still have a redshirt though? Like I, have, now he can play, right? Yeah, Plummer too. He's a three-star freshman. I mean, they got some three-star quarterbacks. I don't care. There. Don't care. You're like put any of them in. <laughs> no, seriously, whoever is the three. Like I'm not even kidding. Whoever you think is the best of that Here's bunch. The 
it's I don't think it's possible that either of them could be worse throwing the ball. I mean, they, they have to be at least on par throwing the ball. I mean, if they can't throw the ball at the level that Van Treese and Myers, That's on Shane Montgomery, guys. Like, there is no reason for him not to go to that coach and say, let's play one of these guys to see what we got. There's no reason to not say that other than he doesn't know my offense. You're a fucking running offense? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could learn their entire playbook in, like, a week. Right. It, like, memorized. Like, not just, like, learn it and, like, understand the schemes. Like Your stretch memorized. zones that you run? Like, what? Yeah. Your RPOs? Like, what? Don't they know? Like They don't ever run RPOs. I miss the good old yeah. days of just like, complaining right. about special teams. You run, like, two options. There's no pass option out of it. Almost no, there's, no, there's no pass option. It's They're the almost running, like, a zone read. They're running a zone read. They do a zone read, and every once in a yeah. while, there's, like, the little toss over option. That's about it. Yeah, I miss special teams too. Like that's bad too, but we don't care. There's no reason to talk about it. At least when we were talking special teams, it was because the rest of the team was playing well. So, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of rather be dwelling well, on that. The, the, my my biggest thing to coach Mo when the recruiting, you got to find a way to bring a passing game back to Buffalo. I don't care that it's windy in November and that we get snow once in a while. It's the year 2021. If you can't pass, you can't win unless you have a dominating offensive line. Lance Leipold built that line over the course of three to five years. And they're all good. With what, with what they lost, with what they're going to lose, you're not going to rebuild that offensive line quickly. So you need to find someone that can throw the ball and distribute it to a bunch of weapons. Otherwise, it's going to be a long time before they're. And what do you got? One in Kansas, one on the Bills practice squad, one on the Bengals practice squad. Like they're gone. It's yeah. it's that offensive line is done. Like because yeah. our Chuck is find is, a young find a young quarterback. Tell him you will be you are going to take over our team and we're going to give you the keys. We're going to let you do whatever you want, and we're going to figure it out. Together. And it's and it's still good and it's still a good unit. Like the offensive line, I'm not. It's. I'm yes. not going to, for all the problems, I don't have, I, I can't complain about them. Yeah. Them or the running backs. I mean, I I'm going to complain only, about quarterback. The only way they're getting a quarterback like that, Bunt, that you can trust for that is if you call them right now and you tell them any car off the uh, paddock. <laughs> hey, we got NILs. Let's figure, let's um, get yes, somebody more for it. No, let's get Northtown to give somebody a fifty thousand dollar endorsement deal. They'll be the the buff. They're the Northtown version of Josh Allen for the UB Bulls, and uh, we'll we'll make it work. And how about this though? I got a better move. Going Joe Lovato started as a youngster. Why? Like seriously, it's not. Like I don't have a problem with freshman quarterback playing. Yeah. But my question is. Hit him in the transfer portal and pick out Spencer Rattler. That's going to be the oh saving, the, the saving grace from Oklahoma. Spencer <laughs> Rattler. That happens if Douglas Jamal's like, "All right, we're going <laughs> to put you up with like the best suite and the Statler. All you have to do is uh, some promotions." For Perfect. And if like, you give Spencer like, Rattler, how much money has Spencer Rattler already gotten as the top like high school recruit? Like he's got to have bad Spencer Rattler with a five hundred thousand dollar endorsement deal. If Spencer There's got to be like some UB alum that would be like when he ent- when he's going to enter the portal, right, guys? Because because uh, can of, we uh, start a GoFundMe to get Spencer Rattler to UB? Spencer Rattler comes to UB, I'll get him tattooed on me in a UB. <laughs> like, let's get a five hundred thousand dollar donor and get a sign him an NIL or whatever it's called to like do chicken business. Let's, uh, let's, 
Whatever's hey, allowed. Whatever's allowed legal. That's allowed. Is Anyone who owns a business. Yeah, I don't. Is is it literally that simple to roll that easy? Probably. I think we could do it. I just don't have five hundred thousand dollars. So can you? But can it be a donor that gives you money to do it? Uh, no, it has. To, I think it has to be a a business or something separate. Yeah, I don't know if there can be any affiliation with the school. That's what I've been wondering for a while. It's I've weird. It's goofy. Point. Like it's silly. like you sponsor like the the program itself, but not you're, you can't tell me there's not a big donor. It's gonna happen soon. Where a big donor just like it, it, it might not be like gonna go to Ohio, you know, NIU or something, and it's like what that? It's why is this guy Ohio playing NIU? Five star quarterback, right? <laughs> At, at some point, it's going to be like Spencer Rattler gets just gets in a secures a bag to play three years at Buffalo, Iowa's two more cool. years at Buffalo. Yeah, you know, in, instead of like uh, getting like a five million dollar donation to your school to build a new field house or upgrade your facility, why not get players? Let's get a buy a player, and then your school wins, and then then you get the field house. God, we just figured it out. UB is going to be a, a force in five years. That's what oh, mid majors should be doing. He's the only one big, that's got the money. Big schools get the recruits anyways. We so need to talk to Mark Allnut about this. We, what a mid major should be out. doing is getting players. Yeah, let's I'm do this. Don't, don't buy facilities, buy players. Why can't you have a uh, an endorsement with that, uh, BMW? Like, why not? So I'm saying the local West Her or BMW, whoever does the BMWs here. I don't know who does right now. Dorschel, whatever they are now in, in Rochester, we have one. So, like, what does it matter? Like, if I was a mid-major, I'd be working away to because the big schools are going to be doing it. So, like, put your money away from like, some I'm, of the big schools have already negotiated like team deals where like they got like a larger brand or whatever, and like all the players are. That's where like, it gets gray, though, guys. Right? Like, you can't have. Like the university obviously can't fund money, but can a donor to a business? Can you pay Joe Schmo like Duff's? Like, I, I don't know, Joe Duff. Right, right. Hopefully, Joe Duff's got the bag. I, I, Go out and steal some bill from Alabama. Like, it's got. There's got to be a line somewhere where it's like, I don't know, I don't know. Test the line. Test the line. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to in this university, but there, there certainly are going to be like, who was, where was that one of the top recruits going to go? Wasn't, weren't they going to go to like Western Kentucky to play with Bearden? Oh, Wasn't it? I think it might have been. They did. Like, they got Mitchell Robinson and I think Charles Bassey. They got two five star recruits in like the last five years. Yeah. And they didn't make the tourney once with those guys. It happens. Sometimes you the they bat. were almost a max school, like literally like days away from being a max school. Uh, don't Kevin, I don't want to go down that road. I'm, it makes me sad. I, I still think there's a chance Western to partner Kentucky, with somebody right, though. The I believe it was the athletic director did say something interesting about that though. Um he said basically the Mac didn't end up taking Western because they wanted Middle Tennessee State. But the, the problem was they went to the network seeing if they were going to get a bigger TV contract said no. with those two schools. Network said no. So basically they would have to divide the same amount of money up among two more and that's schools. A smart, honestly, as a commissioner, yeah. that's a smart move. So why would you? Western Kentucky said that they still wanted to join the MAC, um, even when Middle Tennessee State said no. And they were asked, would you still be open uh, to the MAC in the future? And uh, – <laughs> And what the the AD said is 
Well, if we were thinking about our future now and we said yes, I don't know why a few years from now we suddenly wouldn't say yes. He, he's like, he basically said, if we're thinking about our future and we're already saying yes, nothing's going to change in the next two years. Basically, telling Conference USA, we're leaving the first time a conference lets us leave. We don't want to be with you guys. We think you're. I think there's a move though. If the Mac does go and get more money, that there'll be things in motion. If they can get more out of Maction's great for people. Love Maction though. Yeah, and um, I do want to throw this out. Some some basketball. <laughs> yeah, we're talking soccer. That's all right. <laughs> but uh, I do want to say this: some college basketball realignment news. Loyola to the A10 from the Missouri Valley. That's crazy news right there. Um, especially for the A-10, which lost schools like Temple, Xavier, Butler in the last decade. Also, Belmont is going to Missouri Valley. Murray State might be following them as um, they're also trying to negotiate UT Arlington and Kansas City. So don't know what Missouri Valley Conference is doing, but our buddies in uh, Olean are going to have some more competition in the A-10 going forward. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not surprising. I mean, it makes sense. Loyola has been taking a huge step up. Um, thinking about the MAC, though, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you package it and like you go out and add maybe four schools total with Western Kentucky. Maybe you get someone like Illinois State, some other random mid-major schools. I don't know. And Indiana State. Would, if you got Indiana State, uh, Western Indiana. Kentucky, like I, I think that would be good. Like Indiana State football, maybe not, but basketball-wise. The Missouri Valley. You could find them. Yeah, you could find somebody out of one of those conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Like out of the MV, MVC. Yeah, like for sure. Like you could find you could find somebody somewhere that will take Mac money. Um, Absolutely. Oh, here you go. Here you go, Mike. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for that? Mike? So Mike is it? Mike is a big Ohio fan, so that works. Ohio like, maybe maybe Ohio years. State. Maybe Ohio State will come hey, to Mac, right? I've been to, I think I've been to all those Mac schools in Ohio. I've been to Toledo, Bowling Green. What about Cleveland State? And, what about Cleveland yeah. State? Yeah, Cleveland I was just State. at Cleveland State. Yeah, so, yeah. I, hell, I was at – I've been at Miami. And, so, yeah, I've been to all of them. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Cleveland State. Like, what a perfect – why not? They've been good in basketball. Like, why – uh, I don't know about Cleveland State. I, I don't think they have the fan support. Okay. And I don't think they're consistently good enough. They'd be home for the tournament. They'd have a home game. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think Cleveland State would be the way to go. I think you'd – I think, But it's State, like right in the territory that it would work. Yeah. I mean, they're a good program, but they don't have football. So I, I feel like – That's whatever. the thing is – I don't think you need them for all sports because the Mac doesn't. No, but guess what? You don't get to, you don't have to break up the football money then. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to break up the football money, which is a big thing. You can add potentially some baseball. Two basketball schools, yeah, baseball, wrestling. I don't know. I mean, a lot a lot to like there, but I mean, conference talk. I guess we could go on all day. We need some some exact rumors at some point. I think they will add to to the to the conference once again. You know, being a UB focus show, all we can do is focus on, you know, what we know here in this in this city. And it's a big ESPN two game with not a lot on the line. And that's unfortunate. Like we Let's wanted at least a place. little something. Let's minus one, place. guys. Minus one, like for NIU. That is just not that is that is a weird, a weird line. 
Like that doesn't make sense. No, that does not make any sense. All right, Ty, give us we'll go, Ty, go around the corner to give us some picks. Uh yeah. Uh NIU gets this one done. It's gonna be rainy, it's gonna be windy, it's gonna get it's gonna get bad there. We know how it is in Amherst, the way the wind comes in through that stadium in the corner and blows across yep. the field diagonally, which makes things hard to kick, throw, everything. So that's not gonna be fun for them. I think it's gonna be a running game, which is gonna slow things down a little bit. And with that line being so fishy, Kevin, I think the Bulls cover, but Northern Iowa win or Northern Illinois wins. I got Northern Illinois 28 27. And yes, Ty has the best hair. We can't, I don't think yeah. either of us can compete yeah. with that for sure. That's not, not a competition in that category for sure there. Um, but yeah, I, I got a similar score. I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball at all in the air. Um, you know, Unfortunately, the DBs, I, as I've been told, the rain can can heavily affect the receiving core in terms of they know where they're going. The defense doesn't. Um, outside of heavy snow, um, it always affects the the offensive team is is actually in command. 31-17, um, um, NIU, I just think that the team, they have a lot to play for. UB doesn't. We saw them not get up. If they got up last week, I would have more motivation. They didn't get up for a game that they needed. So um, 31-17, and, you know, I'm – you know, interested to see, and I'm keeping my, my, my streak alive, man. Bowling green ruined my streak. To, I was hoping to be 12 and 0 this season, still feeling good about 11 and one, but you know, Mike, um, God, this is just a torture because I am one game behind you. So I, I really need to pick UB if I want to <laughs> God, these comments, uh, they're unbelievable. Uh, Kev, you can lift like 250, right? But, uh, Easy. I uh, should pick UB if I want to win or at least get tied with you, but I, I got to go Northern Illinois. I have them 34-27. I think the over-under is 60 and a half points, so I have them just – You can always take you can always take them over. I'll take them Ball State, so you can always yeah. take UB next week just for yeah, fun. I, I think that's the way I'm going to end up going. I think I'm going to go Ball State uh, – UB next week just to try to, to even things up. But, uh, yeah, NIU is just a slightly better team. I don't think they're – as good as their record shows, their defense is actually pretty crappy. And uh, you'll get that in my preview tomorrow. Their defense allows over 200 rushing yards a game, which should play into uh, UB's hands uh, a little bit. But they've just been such an effective offense. They can run the ball well. They have some good wide receivers um, and Rudolph. And I think they get just enough done to, to ruin UB's senior night. Tough, tough, tough to see, tough to hear out of you, Mike Bunn. I'm, I'm surprised you're not doing that. Absolutely, absolutely tough. Uh, usually, I look uh, for the team that has the uh, nicest pants um, for the nicest part. Obviously, um, that's exactly what it is in football. But that'll wrap it up for us here in Bullet Points. Make sure you guys tune in next time on YouTube so you can get your comments heard. So make sure you guys like and subscribe over there. Follow us over on Twitter at BulletPoint716 for more. And go get all of our content over at TrainRexports.com. Tons of stuff. Uh, UB, St. Bonaventure, and and more. NFL, everything. So make sure you guys go do all that. Shout out to Kevin Masari, Mike Bunt for joining me. I'm Ty B. We only got three words left. Let's go.